Welcome to this special episode of the Hive Life Podcast as we take an introspective look at influencing entrepreneurs, a video and teaching series by our good friend Cass Ward. During this episode, we'll dive into his conversation with Seth Gibson of Ex Gracia Brewing Company. I'm Jared Latch alongside my business partner and friend Tim Bear and Cass Ward as we dive into episode 103 of Influencing Entrepreneurs. And the highlights we want to cover in this conversation are idea generation, understanding your market, having a social impact, and then connecting the dots. And that goes along with executing your business idea. So let's start on that idea generation. We know that a lot of people out there want to start a company and they say, if I could just come up with the idea, I would be in good shape. And for Seth, he has that part figured out. Seth does. And actually where I, I made sure that I wanted to have an early stage entrepreneur in this series. Seth has everything that we think of the entrepreneur, passion for everything. He's excited about everything. And at the same time, and we've all been there, at times it seems like he's chasing his tail because he wants to do everything with the same mission. So let's talk about what the episode goes over. And he wants to start a brewing company that number one, provides a source of employment and training for the underemployed, the underprivileged, a place for people to, that can come together and have a social impact on uh, building a workforce. Number two, he wants to take the, the profits from there and set the company up as a charity. So not only are we giving back as, as a social impact for training, providing jobs, and uh, providing fellowships from there, we're then gonna take the money, give it back to the community in different ways. He, he gives about 10 different examples of charities, after school um, programs, and all of this under the guise of his passion, which was making beer in a garage with his friends. So what happens, we, we work at banks, we work at healthcare systems, we work in all types of different industries out there and we say you know what this corporate this corporate job is just too much i want to leave and i want to work for myself i just need an idea seth is the antithesis of this is that he has got a million ideas and he's got a great vision for what he wants to do again start a brewery use the brewery as a training place for the underemployed use the profits to give back and then also enjoy his work you know at working in a brewery brewing beer with your friends or with it with a group of people that you enjoy what better than starting there i'm from columbia and we are a military town now granted uh fort jackson is is kind of near our neighborhood and that's where people go to get trained and then they're kind of kind of spread out to either complete more training or do whatever it is they've been trained to do. Um, it, but we also have a VA and other things where we're, we've noticed that there's a population of veterans, especially in the Army and Marines, where you're coming back and you've been an infantryman and or an infantrywoman, and now you're unemployed and your skill set isn't necessarily transferable to the commercial marketplace. And so one of the things that we thought about doing was trying to figure out how do we take a commercial operation uh, something that can make money and kind of a charitable um, mission of serving the community and kind of forcing them together. And that's where we came up with Ex Gratia Brewing Company. 
you know, I think I related to Seth on some points where, you know, he talks about being a vision guy and, and sort of thinking big picture and thinking of those dreams. And, and like you said, he's got a ton of those pieces. When Jared and I talk about our relationship and how we yin and yang a lot, I try and think of those big dream stuff. And then Jared brings me back down to earth and he's our executioner. He gets things done and, and has a million lists and hands me lists and all that kind of stuff. And so what I felt like as I was listening to Seth is he needed a Jared. Yeah. And, and so that was, that was the feeling I pulled, pulled out from it. Um, and then the only other piece that I really liked when he was talking about his vision was the idea that, you know, why beer, you know, why, why brewery instead of, you know, a regular, you know, product or service or something like that. And it all came down to community and the community around breweries and the fact that, you know, maybe the beer isn't the greatest beer in the world, but it is a reason to bring people together. And then they actually end up starting to share community together, which is part of it. And for those of you that haven't seen it out there, we didn't say this yet, but Seth is also a minister. A minister, no. And, and I mean, I got to tell you, that pours through more than ever. And I got to tell you the irony of finding that a pastor is going to start a brewery mm -hmm. with a social cause. <laughs> it's going back to the old friars. From, yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. But no, and, and it his passion gets me excited for this. Like, there's nothing I want more than for this to succeed. And that passion comes from the evangelical Lutheran pastor background of, of fellowship and wanting to bring people together. So sometimes you think, hey, passion can be a dangerous thing when you're pursuing an entrepreneur dream or goal. And they say, hey, let it come to you, find an opportunity. But this aligns with his passion and it, it shows through in every part of your conversation and the interview. So then when you go into understanding the market, you know, is there economic opportunity? For him, what are some of the things that he has to decipher or look at to get to that answer? Well, that was where I was most surprised because his passion came off and I thought that this interview might go off the rails with all of these great ideas and we'll figure it out later. He actually has done a lot of research and he was he knew how much beer costs to make. He knew how much he could sell. He knew what the margins were. And he doesn't get to later on that he recognizes the investment that needs to be made because he's out there trying to raise one to two million dollars to start this. So while you can make a pint of beer for 30 cents and sell it anywhere from six to eight dollars, he's done his homework. So going back to what, what Tim said is having your, your yin, your yang or your Jared, we all need a Jared in our life. We, um, he's done. Some might disagree with right. that. I don't know. <laughs> but he, he has done his homework. So he, from that point, he, he understands what it's going to take to run this business. And he talks about this at one point. He's not running this any different than a church. He starts, he, 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 he gives some words of wisdom on how churches give and what it takes to go through that process. And he, he, has a goal to have his company as a brewery have the exact same mission and actually hopefully run the social impact part of his business even more efficiently. And you touch on that. The social impact is our, our third key that we wanted to talk about. And I think, you know, you've gotten to the point that there are layers to the social impact here. Not only is it, you know, a nonprofit where they're taking what would be profits and giving them back into the community to other nonprofits to help stoke those pieces of the puzzle. But they're also using what they're doing 
to try and bring people that are underemployed out and give them training and give them real skills in an industry that's growing right now and, and, and feeling that, you know, not only are they teaching them a skill, but they're also giving them that value, that worth, they have a paycheck, they're, they're learning a craft. The brewing business, the craft beer industry is growing and the margins are really well. Are there, they can be fairly large if you keep your head straight and you manage it wisely. But it gives us an opportunity to um, train people, not just in the commercial side of brewing and producing beer. It also gives us abilities to uh, train folks who are under, underemployed, unemployed, uh, people who have disabilities in places like service or food prep or um, sales even because you, if you think about the the, the operation of a brewery a, a production brewery uh, and i am not an expert in this again i'm coming from the place of being a pastor I, i'm a community gatherer i want to gather people more than just spirituality but gather community with this kind of idea of working towards something greater if you look at our a, a production brewery which is what we're working towards you see that there are kind of different aspects within the brewery that are places that we can train people. There's really that trickle-down effect, and I think about every part of that resonated with me because there are the multiple layers of, of what they're looking to do. I mean, that employment is huge, especially right now. If you can get the opportunities to teach people, give them self-worth and value that they haven't felt before in that area of their life, and then you're giving back on multiple fronts. So this is something that was well thought out. Cash, you, you talked about the research he had done in terms of just the numbers, but this there's a whole system at play at what he's looking to do that really reinforces the social impact component. Right, and with the social impact, why I found it important with this episode, he could have just as easily said, I'm going to start up a 5013C charity company and I'm going to go out and fundraise. And we can help the following charities, the following groups in these manners. He could have also went and started a separate company saying, hey, I, I like brewing beer. I want to go out and just brew beer. Did he? Is it the best idea to merge those together? Well, there's arguments to be made on either either side of that. He's doing so in a way that this just isn't about the amount of profits he can put into his pocket, which gives him some stability. We all run across the entrepreneurs or the would-be entrepreneurs that I'm going to own my own business so I can be a millionaire, gajillionaire, right? Um, we've both run businesses for quite a few years now. Are any of us millionaires at this point? I mean... No. <laughs> I can confirm that as well. So uh, we make a very healthy living. We, we live happy lives. And we found the balance of what it takes financially and socially to, to balance our families and our, our, our careers. So he also has done a great job in building a business model that he has the same hopes that we all do. Yes, we would like to build wealth. We would love to build value within our company. And hopefully next year on the podcast, we'll be talking about our yachts and all the money we've spent. But none of our focus or aim at this point is about all the dollars that will just be rolling in and how we're going to spend that extra money and profit. Let me ask you guys this, because this is an interesting scenario of all these different layers coming together in one entity and one effort. 
Is this something that you wouldn't usually tell an entrepreneur, hey, we talk about focusing on, on one thing. Other than this situation, is it something you'd say, hey, well, let's let the employment thing come in later, or let's just brew the beer? I mean, is that something that we would usually recommend? Uh, normally, on a case-by-case basis, we'd say, figure this one out, then do this one. He has done, he's done his homework and spent the time. He does have a board of directors with his 501c3. So you can tell he's got the guidance to do that. So he is doing it effectively at this point. His next uphill battle is raising the capital. And we talk about that in the episode of how much different, right now the thought is let's start our company so we can start making beer. At the point we did this interview with him, he was at least a year away from brewing his first batch of beer with Ex Gratia Brewing. You know, the the thing that I came away from was, yes, he has to raise this money. It's a big dollar amount, you know, in that two to three million range, whatever that ends up being. And he talks about all of the social impact and the good things that are coming back. I never really understood what the investors uh, give back was because uh, in this case, you know, they're investing just for social good. If all the profits are going to nonprofits, they're not coming back to the investor. Right. And we're talking about two to three million dollars. So that's a big chunk of change to get together for people to just say, hey, I'm going to put this in the pot. Right. Is this more of a corporate entity play give back? Are those the types of investors? But in that case, it'd be more sponsors, right? If you if you sponsors, go that route. Yeah, sponsors and donors. So um Guys, I need you to give me some money. I need you to give me some money because I want to start up my sneaker company. You know, you want to know what you get out of it. Um, guys, I want you to give me some money so I can start up my sneaker company that we provide shoes to underprivileged children. The ask is the same at that point, but what are you getting out of return? If I'm selling high dollar sneakers, you want a return on that. You do not want to just help me get rich. You do want to help underprivileged children get shoes on their feet. So the way we go to raise capital in that way is not much different. What you're getting is your investment is your contribution to the social cause versus your return on investment as a dollar and cents standpoint. Except for the only difference in those two examples would be okay, I'm putting in these dollars for you to make these shoes for underprivileged kids. So I am saying I would put, you know, $1 million in and I'd buy shoes for these kids, or I could put $1 million in to make the system that makes even, you know, tens of millions of kids shoes. Right. So that piece is there. Whereas this piece, the product is not going to the underprivileged child. And so there's a little bit of a difference in the cycle in that it's really then for the training, training of the employees, and then the money that's going to go back into the community. So it's a little different. Right. I think that's the difference right there. It's in the training. It's employment. It is getting people and bettering your community. So that's the investment that these donors and sponsors are making. It's not as much the beer. It's not a product that's going to go out and touch other lives. It is that whole employment piece that would be at the core of the investment of those that go alongside him. Right. And based on Seth's, uh, Seth's values, uh, his Christian values is he makes the buy-in very easy. I want to start this as a a training and employment ground for the for those who need it, and I'm not doing it for my gain. I'm doing it for the gain of other charities 
that are can be involved in our organization and it was great to his company was a great example for the series because it was number one a startup that was just an inception pre-revenue trying to raise money and number two it did have a social cause so yes tom's shoes everybody knows their their brand everybody knows their social cause they didn't start out much different they started out in an apartment room with you know boxes of shoes you know falling out of closets and other rooms so they could sell a pair to give a pair to the underprivileged now besides raising capital we know that's the number one challenge that he's facing right now to get this operation up and running if you had to to pick a number two what would that be well i think he needs he has a board of directors and and i know very little of his board of directors but getting that guidance that can help him raise that capital but also execute on what it actually takes to run a brewery the scalability of running one out of your garage versus buying your first warehouse or leasing your first warehouse is night and day and not only that then you get your hands tied with everything that comes behind that um, approval from the city licenses permits all of those different things they they know the basic operations of how to brew beer but we all know how to bake in our own kitchen if we were to start cooking in a restaurant it's all an entire different um it's a, a whole different level of involvement at that point so as we wind down this episode, one other thing that, that stuck out on my mind is the whole passion thing, because he's full of passion. Entrepreneurs, for the most part, have to be fueled by passion. But is there a danger? I remember reading a book a couple months back, and the, the name of the book author escaped me at the moment, but he was flipping that idea on its head, because ever since we've been young, people have said, go pursue your passion, find out what you love, and go after it. And what he was saying was that flip that's on its head because there's there's dangers. One of them is you might not be good at your passion or you might lose focus. Well, how do you guys feel about passion versus finding something else that works and sort of balancing that when you're trying to find out what the next best opportunity is? Well, one thing that worked great with Seth is his humility. While he had that passion, he had no problem saying, I don't know. When there were operations or fundraising questions I had, he he would definitely say, I don't know that at this point, I need to go uh, look into that or it's something that will be answered at a later point. That to me is refreshing. I run into more entrepreneurs that just say, oh, I know, I know, I'll, you know, I, I can tell you later when it's obviously they don't know. The biggest disservice new entrepreneurs do to themselves is pretend that they know everything. The more you admit that you don't know, the more you have a checklist of items that you need to find out about. Yeah, and I'd agree with that. And I think passion pushes you through some of those walls um, that might stop most people. And so I think it is important, but you can't let it blind you to reality either. So, so while it does help you overcome some of those obstacles, when there are obstacles that you should be avoiding, um, you can't just stick to passion on that. So you do have to mix the two together. Well, guys, appreciate the discussion as we'll wrap things up there for this episode. We encourage you to go watch the full video chat with Seth Gibson and Cass. You can do that by visiting influencingentrepreneurs.com. You can find out more about Spiracle Media. Check out our work by visiting spiracalmedia.com. For Tim Bear and Cass Ward, I'm Jared Latch. 
We appreciate you joining us.